like to make it stronger? What traits make marriages survive and become successful? Join us today as I interview Reverend Roger Sonnenberg. Our topic is Building Strong Marriages. This is Kay Meyer, President of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Reverend Sonnenberg is uh, pastor of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Arcadia, California, and he is chairman of Family Shield Ministries. Uh, I thought it would be a good time uh, during uh, Valentine's Day uh, to talk about marriage and uh, try to be positive in our approach. Uh, Pastor Sonnenberg, uh, Time Magazine recently had an article about marriage. What did that say? Well, at Time Magazine, uh, the uh, lead article was about marriage and how it was um, being debated whether or not it was uh, essential or necessary anymore, or whether or not uh, we have people today in our society who believe it's necessary, especially considering a whole number of factors, such as living together, without marriage. Um, basically, uh, there seems to be more satisfaction in living as a single person. And uh, there's a whole debate on whether or not marriage is useful anymore. Wow. Yeah, yeah certainly as a Christian, we would say uh, that uh, God has uh, given us the wonderful gift of marriage and has given some parameters for that gift and certainly um, feels strongly about marriage. Yeah. What is the purpose of marriage? Well, Scripture is clear that it certainly gives us, number one, uh, companionship. Secondly, it is to keep from gross sexual mistakes as well as procreation. We needless to say uh, are people who have been given the gift of uh, sex and sexuality. And one of the great gifts that he uh, placed within us was the ability to reproduce. And he wants that reproduction to take place in the state of marriage. All right. Well, um, let's talk about four aspects of a healthy relationship. Actually, that uh, concept of a uh, healthy relationship and regarding the aspects that make it a healthy relationship come from Balswick's. Uh, in a book entitled The Family, Balswick's are uh, professors out of uh, Fuller Seminary in Pasadena, California. And they say that really relationships need to look like a relationship that God has with us. And God has a relationship that uh, consists of four elements with mankind. One, he is committed to us. I mean, read scripture. It is filled with wonderful stuff about how committed he was to his people. Old Testament all the way through the New Testament. Think about the commitment he had for his people so much that he was willing to send his son Jesus to die for them. Secondly, he said that God's relationship with us is filled with grace and it is, needless to say, what we as Christians celebrate every day of our lives, grace, forgiveness, his love. I mean, we could not have a commitment with God without grace because it is grace that places us back into relationship with God. It is the grace that Jesus Christ provided through his life, death, and resurrection. The third element is that of empowerment. And what he says empowerment is, is helping the other person become everything he or she can possibly be, meaning we want the person to be uh, everything that God wants him to be, and we attempt to do that. It is not a control issue when one marries. It's not to control the other person. It is to help the other person become 
again, what God wants the other person to become. Uh, God wants us to become special. God uh, makes that possible through the means of grace, word and sacrament. Uh, and that's, that's why we go to church and why we read the word and why we participate in the means of grace, uh, again, word and sacrament. The fourth aspect of a healthy relationship and what God reflects and what God shows us is intimacy. He uh, speaks to us and we speak to him. Every time we hear the word, he's speaking to us. Every time we pray, we speak to him. And just as important as it is to have that uh, intimacy, that characteristic of intimacy and why it's, uh, how it's spoken of in Scripture over and over in regards to God's relationship with man. So we, in relationships with one another, need to have intimacy, good communication. We know that's essential. So it's, again, those four things that we recognize are important for a very successful and happy marriage. The same thing that makes a good relationship between God and man. Commitment, grace, empowerment, and intimacy. Awesome, awesome. Well, in, our, in today's world, um, some marriages survive for years and they're not happy. <laughs> some marriages survive for years and they are happy. Um, and um, in today's world, it seems like so many of the young people that get married already begin by saying, well, if it doesn't work out, that's okay. Uh, and the commitment is the first part of that. We are committed to this marriage, and we're going to work at it. Uh, the, because we are sinners, because that's part of our nature, we don't always act like we should with our spouse. In fact, sometimes we say we are at our worst in our homes. Um, and, uh, and so oh, how do we deal with sin in, in our homes and with our spouse? Yeah, I want to go back to just what you said um, earlier, though, in, in regards to what many young people are doing in, re- in relationships. They're saying if it works, and that's why we have such a high percentage of people living together before they're married, which is a dangerous if you think about it. And we know it certainly uh, it's against God's perspective, but it also uh, is proven out statistically. And the uh, statistics tell us that uh, the rate of divorce for those who live together and then marry is uh, 50% higher. Mm-hmm. There's a reason so why. Right, 50% higher, huh? Well, the reason why, of course, is because they come into that kind of relationship saying, if it works, we're going to stay together. If you match the things that I've placed out for you to be, then you're going to be with me for the rest of my life, if not. So you carry that thinking into marriage, and thus you can understand why many marriages or more marriages fail with that kind of uh, concept. Uh, than than those who who marry and say you know uh, it's not going to be all pleasant and there are going to be some difficult times and it's part of what the world is all about we live in a sinful world we ourselves are sinful and we can't expect perfection that belongs alone to the Lord Jesus Christ so when I can expect it we're going to work through our difficulties and we're going to make it happen with His help and and you know God doesn't ask us God doesn't give us this whole idea of marriage and then um, not give us some help. I, I think it's, we sort of get the idea that God is sort of abandons people. He gives out all these things that he wants us to do, and then he kind of sits up there and says, well, good luck. No, he, one of the most wonderful things that we discover in Scripture is he says that we have uh, been resurrected to new possibilities, and we have been resurrected through holy baptism, and we have been empowered 
uh, that word again that I talked about earlier. We are empowered through the power of the Spirit of God who works through us and through, through the word and sacrament that works in us. Yeah, that's great. Well, <clears throat> all right, now let's talk to some of our listeners. Um, let's uh, address uh, a couple. Let's say they've been married uh, 12 years. And they are having some problems. Maybe uh, uh, the wife has gone back to work after staying home for some years. And uh, they're just uh, not feeling as much in love as they used to. And, and it's causing some problems in the marriage. You, you counsel people uh, regularly, Roger. I'm sure this life change happens at times where... Uh, someone that's been at home, keep taking care of the children, is now working, uh, and and uh, so what do you say to a couple that has had this marriage going fairly well with young children for 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 these years, and now all of a sudden they've hit some bumps in the road? What do you, what do you advise them, and what do you share with them? Well, certainly relationships are going to change along the way. Uh, relationships grow. And uh, in every life experience, as we change, as we perhaps go back to work after being away from uh, the, the workplace, uh, because we um, stayed at home as a stay-at-home mom or whatever, what have you, uh, we understand that there are bring, th- those things bring some changes, but we work through those changes. We talk about them. We communicate with one another about them. We ask, what are the challenges and what can we do to make sure that this isn't going to hurt our relationship. I love what Scripture says. You know, there are people, Kay, who say they have fallen out of love. Mm-hmm. And there's this wonderful section of Scripture in the book of Revelation that says if, if one has fallen out of love, and there are many who say that, then do the following. Remember, uh, writes the, the writer of Revelation, remember what it was like. Secondly, repent. And thirdly, do it again, meaning that you can fall back in love. Mm -hmm. But you have to remember again what it was like. Repent of those things that you have done you're responsible for that have perhaps hurt your relationship with one another. But then do again. Uh, And if we do again, then God gives us a promise there. He's talking to the church of Ephesus there. He's saying, you know, you can fall back in love with me, and we can fall back in love with one another as well, using that formula. The world has it all mixed up. The world says that feelings sort of precede everything. In other words, if you feel a certain way, then you're in love. That's really not what God says. God says you do certain things, you make a commitment, and you um, live out that Christian life as he has given us in his word, and then you will feel a certain way. Again, the world puts feelings first, which makes uh, for some, I think, uh, um, thinking that is wrong, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, you you mentioned those four four words again: commitment, grace, empowerment, and intimacy. Um, the the grace of God uh, and bringing that grace into the family can certainly uh, help a couple renew their commitment and find that love again. Um, it's the secret, okay? It's absolutely the secret. That's why Christians have <laughs> such an advantage. We understand about repentance, mm-hmm. and we understand about absolution. We understand about God 
who loved us enough to die for us, a God who gives us daily forgiveness. Because we experience that forgiveness, because he pours that forgiveness into us, we can forgive one another. Mm -hmm. We aren't capable on our own. Uh, Like St. Paul, we say, I know what I'm supposed to do. I can't do it. Thanks be to God who gives me the power to do so through Jesus Christ. That's the advantage. You see, we don't have to continue to make um, uh, blame uh, toward others, toward a spouse. We can accept responsibility. We can even receive his or her uh, repentance and forgive them. Again, not because we're able to on our own, but because we know his forgiveness, God's forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was uh, thinking, too, of the word empowerment in the story that I just uh, shared, you know, with the wife going back to work, that the husband would want her to have a successful career and would help her. But it, as you said, changes do happen at different times and stages in our life, uh, different times when uh, maybe the mom goes back to work, uh, when the children leave the home. Uh, there is just different ages and stages of our life where things change and we grow. And many times uh, couples that have grown, my mom and dad were married over 50 years before my mother passed away. Fifty, I think they were married 57 years. Um, and my husband's mom and dad were married over 40 years before his mom died. So we came from a long line of some long marriages. My husband and I now have been married 43 years. Roger, how long have you been? How long, <laughs> thank you. How long have you been married? 32 years. We were married on Epiphany, January yeah. 6th. But everything hasn't been rosy with my husband or I. My husband was in Vietnam when we were first married, and boy, when he came back, it was rocky. And, and we will both admit that. But as we have grown uh, older together, We've grown closer together, and I've seen that with a lot of couples that, you know, maybe at different times they, they have had some rocky times, but they kept believing in uh, the commitment to marriage and the grace that God gives them and that God uh, married them and wanted them to stay together. And uh, and so it's it's just really important. So we're, we're not trying to say that our marriages are perfect because we're all sinners and we don't do everything right all the time on either side. Uh, Roger and I, I don't know Roger's wife that well, but, uh, but I know that we just all, uh, we fail. And, uh, and we know that the Lord Jesus is there with us to help us. But I think the most important thing we can learn to do in our homes is to say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And to say then, you're forgiven. Yes. By the grace of God, you know, that's the secret. And we have a new challenge in our home because we have a mother-in-law who has now moved in with oh, us. Oh, that's right. A mother-in-law who lost her husband. And actually, I have uh, had to, and we together have gone through difficult uh, last few years where uh, she, an only child, has had to care in Washington for uh, a father who was very ill, who now died and is in heaven. But uh, she was away from us for my my son and I for uh, about uh, uh, four or five months each year for the last two years, and it was a necessity. And we, it was a new challenge, but we accepted that challenge, and 
we grew together because of it. Now she lives with us. The mother-in-law lives with us. But it's a new challenge. Yeah, I bet. I bet. It, and, and, and there is never a time in our life where there isn't some challenge. You know, young couples say, oh, our children and there's so many activities and it's so hard. And then they get to be teenagers. And, uh, and then some couples never have children. Yeah. And um, and that's just an another another issue, but uh, but it's important that uh, we continue to strive to strengthen our marriages, because um, statistically, uh, raising children with uh, mother and father is is good. It doesn't mean that it always happens. Sometimes divorce does occur. But uh, do you, Roger, do you know any of those statistics related to moms and dads together versus um, uh, single moms or single dads? Yeah, not off the top of my head, but uh, I I do know that certainly it's God's plan that uh, if uh, um, all possible, he wants a a father and a mother uh, to be raising the child and uh, it certainly makes parenting easier. I can share with you, we have a son who's 23, is a good young man. We thank God for him every day. But we, I know I could not have done it, or if I would have had to have done it by myself, it would have been very difficult. So I always appreciate the fact that I have a spouse who helps, but I also have greater admiration for those single moms and those single dads oh, who are yes. doing it all on their own That's because hard. it's certainly even a greater challenge. I don't think as a church sometimes we recognize that challenge. Yeah. You know, it, it it dawned on me as we're talking about marriage, and I don't know if you have found this, but when my husband and I were early married, we were very different in our personalities, and that used to really frustrate me. And then as we grew older, I realized that his strengths are my weaknesses and my strengths are his weaknesses, and that God puts people together often that are very different and if you begin to understand that instead of getting frustrated with the differences, that sometimes God puts you together for a purpose. And, and now to see um, that, uh, that this is a strength of our marriage, that we are not the same in our personalities. I love what you've just said because it's absolutely, I think that's, Someday I can hardly wait to talk to God about this because <laughs> my wife and I are really different in many ways, but we couldn't be more in love with one another. But I, I find it kind of humorous sometimes when he puts people together <laughs> and we don't even realize it at first, even though we dated a long time before we got married. But he puts us together. We're so different, but how those differences are to be celebrated and how I celebrate them now as I think about uh, what a difference it made in our marriage and the raising of our child in so many different respects. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Live the Six, Being an Everyday Missionary. To request a complimentary copy, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-250-8416, or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. Please make sure you give us your complete name and address when you call or write. The Family Shield radio program airs on more than 50 radio stations each week throughout the United States and is also available through our podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. We invite your prayers and support. If you'd like to support us send a gift to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri 63123. You can also donate on our website 
at www.familyshieldministries.com. I want to go back to my discussion with Reverend Roger Sonnenberg. You mentioned love, Pastor Sonnenberg, and I know a while back I interviewed um, Dr. Gary Chapman on his book, The Five Love Languages, and how important love is. I'm not going to ask you what those five love languages are because I never remember them either when I bring that up, but how important it is that our spouses know that we love them and that, I just love the concept of uh, uh, Dr. Chapman's book, that people receive and give love in different ways. I think uh, it's a uh, something we uh, don't always recognize. No, we don't. And we sometimes will say uh, about our spouse or children will say about us as parents, well, they don't really love me or he doesn't really love me, when in reality what is happening is that he or she is speaking a different love language. Chapman, in his book, The Five Love Languages, uh, I use it always in counseling. It's the very first thing I do. When people come in for counseling, I'll say, let's just get something uh, going in this marriage that will immediately help you. Um, and people who are having difficulty. And I always give them the five love language test. And I say, let's discover what your love language is. And then let's, the next week, practice giving that love to uh, our spouse. And he speaks of five love languages. He talks about affirmation. Uh, he talks about time together. He talks about gift giving. He talks about acts of service. And uh, last of all, he says a love language is that of physical touch. And he says that basically everyone has one or more of those love languages and that we fill our emotional love tank or our emotional love tank is filled when another person gives us that love language. So if your gift is that of affirmation, your husband's gift is that of physical touch, needless to say, you have two different love languages. It is important that you recognize what those love languages are, and it is important that you try to fulfill and try to share that love language with your spouse. And it is something you can do. Uh, you know, again, he doesn't just put that out for us. God doesn't say there are these love languages and then not offer us some help. He offers us some help. Uh, we, can, uh, we can offer them, even if it isn't our love language. I learned that uh, my uh, love language, I think, is uh, gifts of service. And um, I, I just always love that my husband um, goes out every morning and gets me my newspaper. Mm. And this morning he forgot to do this. He, he always goes, and he leaves at 645 in the morning, so it's not like he can sleep in. He always, and when it's cold, he always makes sure my uh, car is cleaned off, but he didn't think I was going anywhere this morning, and I got out there in the cold and the ice, and I thought, oh, and then I thought, I should just thank God for him that he um, uh, gives those acts of service to me. And that is such a simple thing. Um, some people, it wouldn't make any difference in the world, but, uh, but again, this how do you show and how do you receive love? It's important that we feel that our spouse cares about us absolutely it's interesting because mine is acts of service as well oh is so it really do something for me and i'll feel loved <laughs> my wife's uh, act uh my 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 wife's uh love language is that of uh time oh. so being a pastor i know 
that I neglect sometimes giving her the time she needs. And I can always tell when that's being tested mm-hmm. and I'm not giving her the time. So you, recognizing the other person's love language can make a tremendous really difference. difference. I've had people actually who have used this uh, uh, study and have, they've really put it into practice. They, they say it has changed their marriage more than years of counseling. Is that amazing? Yes. I, I found it amazing too. We did the program with Dr. Chapman on marriage, and then we did the five love languages of children. Yes. And uh, both, I mean, to know for sure that you're loved. How many children have grown up in the same family, and when they get grown, they say, well, I don't think my parents love me. And the other children know their parents love them. I think it's that the parents weren't using the right love language. Well, you know what's so wonderful about our God is he gives all the love languages. You know, he's the master <laughs> yes. of all of them. I mean, if them. you look at scripture, they're <laughs> yeah. all there. Yeah. yeah, They're all there, and he knew how to give the love language that was necessary, this great masterful lover, the one who loves us enough to die for us. I mean, think about it. It's, it's marvelous. And um, and the fact that he's made us all different in, in what our love language might be, it makes it for a more interesting world. It's not like we're all, you know, a General Motors cars mm-hmm. off the assembly mm-hmm. line, you yes, know? Yes, we're very different, yes. We're all very unique and very different. And that's, that's a blessing from God. Amen. But we also, yeah. I think, uh, understanding love languages will also help us uh, relate to people at work and people in, uh, in our church. Uh, because everybody's different. Not that we have to love them all in a in a real demonstrative way, but just understanding personalities and differences is important. We have about a minute left, Roger. Any other thoughts on marriage? Well, marriage is such a wonderful, wonderful institution, and I must tell you, it is one of uh, the institutions I give God thanks for. I uh, thank God for my wife, and I must tell you, um, It is a wonderful gift, a gift that um, when we do it by the book and when we try to follow what God says regarding this gift, um, it truly is a blessing. It is, it is. Well, I want to thank our guest again, Roger Sonnenberg uh, from Arcadia, California. His church is Our Savior Lutheran Church, and he is chairman of Family Shield, uh, very committed to uh, uh, touch individuals and their families with the gospel and we thank him for being a part of today's program um we uh have um uh, we are a listener supported radio program your prayers and financial support allow us to continue to air this radio program we want to hear from our listeners and uh, we encourage you to write and let us know if you're enjoying the program uh you can um Reach us through our website, which is www.familyshieldministries.com, or you can uh, write us at Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. I also want to let our listeners know that you can sign up to receive our email newsletter. That is, it goes out a couple times a month. It will let you know what topics are coming up, if there are any special events. We like to promote other ministries, events uh, around the country, and uh, share resources that are available to help equip Christians to share their faith with their their, uh, family members and friends and co-workers.
You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.